You're listening to the Odyssey Out Loud. I'm Anna Katerina. Episode 14. The Princess Nausicaa. So, while resilient, divine Odysseus slept, worn out by exhaustion and hardship, Athena went to the city and country of the Phaeakes. They used to live in spacious Hippereye, near the Cyclops, those most masculine of men. They were stronger than the Phaeakes, and they attacked them. Godlike Nausithous made them pick up and move. He led them away and settled in Skeria, far from men who work for their bread. He drew a wall around the city, had houses built, made temples to the gods, and divided up the fields. But by this point, conquered by his end, he'd gone to Hades, and Alcinous ruled, his knowledge of strategies and guidance given to him by the gods. The goddess, bright-eyed Athena, went to his house, plotting the return of great-hearted Odysseus. She made her way to an elaborately decorated room, where a girl slept. Nausicaa, the daughter of great-hearted Alcinous. In form and appearance, she looked like the immortals. Next to her were two maids, one on each side of the door, their beauty from the graces. The shining doors were closed. Like a breath of wind, Athena rushed to the girl's bed. She stood at the head and spoke to her, looking like the daughter of Dumas, famous for his ships, who was the same age as Nausicaa, and dear to her heart. Looking like her, bright-eyed Athena said to Nausicaa, Nausicaa, you're so careless. What did your mother bear you for? Your splendid clothes lie neglected. Your wedding is near. You have to dress yourself in beautiful things and provide for the others who will escort you. People speak well of you when you do these things, and your father and lady mother are delighted. So let's go do the washing, as soon as dawn comes. And I'll go along to help, so you can get ready quickly, since you won't be a maiden for much longer." Already, all through the territory of the Phaeakes, the nobles court you, since you're from the same tribe. Come on, tell your famous father to get mules and a wagon ready, early in the morning, so it can carry your belts and dresses and splendid fabrics. This is much better for you than going on foot. The places to do laundry are far away from the city. So saying, bright-eyed Athena left for Olympus, where they say the seat of the gods is eternally steadfast. It's never shaken by winds never drenched by rain, and no snow comes close, but instead the cloudless air spreads out, and the bright light of the sun dances across it. The blessed gods take pleasure in it every day. There bright eyes departed after she'd spoken to the girl. At once dawn came, enthroned, and she woke well-dressed Nausicaa. She considered the dream, amazed, and then she made her way through the house to tell her dear father and mother. She found them inside. Her mother was seated at the hearth with her women, spinning sea-purple yarn. The purple of seashells, of the murex snail, a costly, beautiful color. Nausicaa ran into her father coming through the door with a group of famous chieftains, on his way to a council, summoned by the noble Phaeakis. Standing right next to him, she said to her dear father, Dear Papa, won't you get a wagon ready for me? A high one, with good wheels, so I can bring my fine clothes to the river for washing. They're lying around all dirty. But what I'm really worried about is you. You ought to have clean clothes. You're among the first men to give advice and counsel. And there are five dear sons in your hall. Two are married, three are unmarried and thriving. And they always want fresh clean clothes to go dancing in. That's what's on my mind. 
That's what she said, because she was embarrassed to talk to her dear father about marriage. Marriage, which is described as thalaros, the word for things to do with youth and vitality. Things that are right on the verge, flourishing and uncontrollable. Things you probably don't want to talk to your parents about. But her father understood everything and answered, Go on, child, you can of course have mules and anything else. The servants will get a wagon ready for you, a high one with good wheels and a top. So saying, he commanded the slaves, and they obeyed. They prepared a well-wheeled, mule-drawn cart outside, led the mules under it, and yoked them to the wagon. The girl brought the shining clothing from her room and laid it in the well-polished cart. Her mother put a hamper full of all kinds of food in it, and cooked meat, and poured wine into a goatskin. The girl got into the wagon, and her mother gave her a gold flask of fine olive oil, so she and her maids could wash themselves. Nausicaa seized the whip and the glittering reins and whipped the mules into motion. There was a clattering, jangling sound of hooves and harness as the mules pulled forward non-stop, and they carried her and the clothing. She wasn't on her own, the rest of the maids went along with her. When they came to the gorgeous river current, where there were plenty of pools and troughs to wash clothes in, and plenty of fine water flowed up into them to clean things, even if they were very filthy, there they unharnessed the mules from the wagon and drove them beside the eddying river to graze on the honey-sweet grass. They took the clothes from the wagon and carried them into the dark water. Then they made a competition out of it, treading quickly on the clothes in the pools. Once they'd washed and cleaned all the grime, they spread the clothes out in a row by the beach, where the sea spat out the most pebbles towards dry land. They bathed and thoroughly rubbed themselves down with olive oil. Then they took their meal beside the river bank and waited for the sunlight to dry the clothes. Once she and the slaves had enjoyed the food, they threw off their veils and played with a ball, White-armed Nausicaa led the game. She stood out from all the girls around her, in the same way that Artemis, in a torrent of arrows, comes down from the mountains, down Taugetos, or lofty Eremanthos, entertaining herself with boars and swift deer, nymphs playing alongside her, the keepers of the fields, the daughters of Zeus, the Aegis-bearer. They're all beautiful, but Artemis is easy to spot. She holds her head and brows above all of them, and her mother Leto rejoices. That's exactly the way the unmarried maiden stood out in the middle of her maids. You've been listening to The Odyssey Out Loud. I'm Anna Katerina. You can learn more and listen to new episodes at theodysseyoutloud.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash odysseyoutloud. Thank you for listening. <laughs>